everybody, welcome to the Winners and Learnings Podcast. In today's episode, we will be interviewing Geert Tepper. Now, get ready for your hosts, Kaden Julian. Welcome to Winners and Learnings. This is the podcast where we will talk about what is kickboxing and what is it like to own a gym. All right, so you want to see the first question? What type of fighting do you teach? Okay, well, actually, it's not just kickboxing, but uh, we actually, at the gym we have, we teach kickboxing. Uh, this, the variants are Muay Thai kickboxing, which is originally in Thailand, and we also teach uh, uh, Dutch kickboxing, I guess, uh, American kickboxing, and then uh, we also teach Brazilian jiu-jitsu and a bit of boxing. Okay. Um, okay, our second question is like, what is it like to own a gym? Like, like how is it owning a gym? Well, it's, uh, you know, it's, I'll be honest, it's uh, not like work. I mean, I love what I do. So for me, um, the only time it's challenging is, is when we have uh, students that maybe drop out of class and stuff like that. For, but for the most part, uh, owning my own gym uh, and being able to do what I love is the best thing a person can wish for. This is, this one. What inspired you to start training? Like, I guess like training people and yeah. What inspired me to train people? Well, I think it's more progressive. Um, for me, it was, uh, I, I fought for years and I've been around fighters and, uh, and my coach. So it's progressive in the sense that you want to pass along what you've learned to somebody else. And that's basically for me, the biggest thing was to pass along my coach's philosophies with my philosophy and then just blend the style and uh, move it forward to people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Our next question is uh, what is your favorite part about training? Uh, My favorite part about like my cell training or training people? Uh, Both. Well, for me, training is uh, my favorite part about training is, just building the relationships with uh, other fighters and students and stuff like that. Um, It it keeps the guy honest Uh, in our sport. There's no such such thing as trash talking because we all know what each other can do. So um, it's not like other sports where guys trash talk. We know what's happening. So, but my favorite part of training people is just seeing progression and see, seeing my students reach their goals is definitely my um, biggest reward for sure. Okay, yeah. All right, that's the fifth one. What is the hardest part about training? Um, the hardest part for me is uh, now it's injury, trying to battle through injuries and stuff like that. Um, you know, there's certain injuries people can train through, and there's certain injuries people shouldn't. Um, right now, too, it's a trying time with the uh, with COVID and stuff like that. So with restrictions, so it makes it training tough right now. But to train people, um, some of the biggest, biggest obstacles are, um, you know, people not believing in themselves or believing in the technique, um, just, just instilling, you know, positive, positive um, attitudes and stuff like that can be a little bit trying with some people. But um, for the most part, yeah, I would say that's pretty much it. Um, our next question is, what life skills do like fighting teach you? Uh, well, for, for one, 
I'm, I don't want to correct you guys, but I'm going to correct you guys. It's not fighting. Um, it's martial arts, right? And martial arts in general, um, anybody can fight, but to, to be controlled, to, to understand your limitations and how to control um, your emotions. And I mean, even in being in a physical altercation, right? Like in a confrontation, um, being able to, to um, kind of realize that, you know, martial arts is um, applicable in every side of your life, whether it's workplace, you know, when you have obstacles, you know, like say a technique's not working out properly, well, no different than an obstacle at work. Say something's not working for you. How to, how to you know, problem solve. Uh, how to have a good, strong work ethic. How to have an open mind. This, this, you know, how to communicate with your students and fellow teammates. All this stuff relies to the real world, whether it's workplace or with, a, you know, a partner, whether it's, you know, your spouse, a partner, whatever. Same thing. These are, you know, they can help you in the real world in all aspects for sure. How has owning a gym changed your life? Uh, the way it's changed my life is it's just, it's given me, um, the flexibility to do, uh, to do things that I, I need to do, um, day to day. Um, you know, I, I make my own hours and I get to, um, kind of pick and choose who trains at our gym, right? Like what I mean by that is, and it's not always about money. It's, it, that's probably the least component for me. It's about training and working with good people. Um, you know, and, and having that availability and, and being able to, to dictate, you know, whether, you know, these people can train or not. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a nice flexibility to have because I don't want, you know, people for a better lack of terms, I don't want to load a weapon, which means, you know, some tough guy comes in the gym and, you know, he's going to go out there and hurt people. I don't, you know, I can recognize, I can feel that no different than a woman or anybody who, who I, I feel is, is, you know, when I take the technique for, negative opposed to, you know, bettering their lives, then I don't, I don't want them and I don't need them. Um, my next question is like, what is your personal like favorite type of self-defense that you teach or that you've learned in the past? Well, uh, mixed martial arts. Um, I mean, mixed martial arts at our club, at least it's a combination of a striking art, which is kickboxing. And we, we do a, a grappling art, submission art, which is Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and we also wrestle. So to me, all three um, combined is pretty much, in my eyes, I mean, again, this is subjective, but it's uh, the ultimate in self-defense. But if you were to pick one discipline and if you could only focus on one, I would say the Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, just because it's more about a leverage and it's a softer martial art opposed to a striking art. So if I had to pick one, maybe that, but... I mean, we're fortunate to offer all three, so. Yeah. How often do you use self-defense? Uh, like in a real manner, like to defend myself? Yes. Uh, it's, uh, I've had to a few times in the real world, I guess. Uh, I mean, I use it every night, every day um, when I'm teaching and, and sparring with my students and getting them ready for fights, tournaments, and everything else. But realistically for myself, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to, to call upon it when needed. Uh, and I have a few times. So um, it's definitely a, a skill set that's, uh, you know, helped me get out of some predicaments in the past. And yeah, so there you have it. Um, another question we have is um, 
do you think leadership plays a huge part in like teaching people and like um you know like like just being in the like in a like a fighting like a self-defense club or like uh, like anything i guess in that manner like do you think it plays a huge role leadership portion yeah like leadership yeah absolutely because if if you're if you can't lead people and and uh take on that role model uh, of a, a position then and if you don't have confidence in, in your skill set and confidence in you know what you're teaching, uh, and, and I do, and our other instructors do as well, because um, it's a tried technique. And what I mean by that is, it worked for for me when I used to compete. It's worked for our students when they used to compete. So that gives a lot of confidence to, to be able to, you know, when we show this stuff, um, we lead by example. And again, a lot of this stuff has worked in a real situation whether it's in the ring or for self-defense. So absolutely, it's, it, it has for sure. How long have you been training? I've been training uh, martial arts since I was, uh, oh God, nine years old and um, off and on. And then quite steadily since I was 21. So many years. I don't want to, I don't want to give away my, 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 uh, my birthday, or I should say my age, but I'm up there. So, okay. Um, another question we have is like, when you're owning a gym, like what is like the hardest, like part I would guess of teaching people, like what is like the biggest, like, I guess you could say struggle in like teaching or training people. Like, is it like, like a per, like a individual thing or is it like a everyone thing? It's definitely an individual thing. Everybody's different and everybody who comes into the gym, to train has different motives why they want to take martial arts you know uh some do it for fun some do it for fitness <coughs> excuse me some do it for self-defense some do it to compete so out of the gate when i when i receive a new student um it's very important to to decipher which route they want to go and the struggles can be you know false expectations or I should say unrealistic expectations, sorry, not false, but unrealistic expectations that people come to the gym and say, I, I want to fight. I want to be a world champ one day. Great. Okay. You, there's a, a protocol and a system we have in place. If you, if you want to compete, you need to abide by it and, and put the time and everything else. And people believe that they can cut corners and stuff like that. Um, and it just doesn't work, you know? Um, so unrealistic expectations is always a tough thing to deal with, with people. Um, you know, people maybe not understanding what needs to be put in to say compete or, you know, again, anybody can do this for, <clears throat> excuse me, fun or fitness and self-defense, but, you know, uh, people have to have realistic expectations. So that, that can be definitely one of the downfalls. Um, okay. Another one that uh, we are kind of wondering is like, say like, what is like the furthest you've ever traveled to like attend a fight or like to go corner someone in a fight or just like to watch a fight? Like what's the furthest you went? Uh, myself uh, in the States, United States, uh, I've been all over the States and stuff. I never did go to Japan, even though some of my students did fight in Japan. It just wasn't in the cards. Uh, I've trained all over the States and Canada. Uh, but yeah, that, that would probably be the furthest. Mm. Um, another thing we kind of wonder is like, what do you think is the number one, like, I guess you could say personality trait or just a trait that someone has to have to fight. Like say an example would be like motivation or like, like like something like that. Well, 
motivation is definitely a good one. But the number one thing I always say for somebody not to train, but so, well, I should say, let's, let's uh, break into two categories. Okay. So uh, for a person to train is definitely motivation and it's uh, you know, people that are goal driven usually succeed in, in their training, right. It, it, whether it's to lose weight, is it, you know, is your, are your goals to, to learn self-defense are your goals to, you know, maybe compete? Well, then we go into a different, um, a different structure of how we approach that. And in competing, the number one thing I say to people is, which I can't teach, is uh, you need to have heart, right? And if you have heart, I mean, you can, the sky's the limit, right? I can teach you all the technique in the world. And I have to certain, you know, uh, people have come through the gym and said they wanted to compete. And I've, I've brought them to that level. But to get to that next level, I can't teach you heart. You either have it or you do not. And that's something where, again, it's, you know, kind of a slippery slope, but that's the, the realistic side of things. So uh, we have two more questions. And uh, one of them is like, like, so besides like learning self-defense or training self-defense, what is the main point you try to get across to your students? Your students, students. Be just be a good person, right? Like mm. uh, be a good human, you know, female, male, uh, young, older, it doesn't matter. You know what? Um, always take the high road. You don't, you know, fighting. And again, it, it's not about fighting. Fighting is the last component that we teach. And what I mean by that is when you come to the fight farm, it's sure you're learning self-defense. You're learning how to compete. You're learning how to fight, let's say. Okay. But in reality, I'm trying to teach you confidence. I'm trying to teach you self-worth. I'm trying to teach you how to be a, a good teammate, how to be a good person in society. That's what we try to teach. And that's the message that we really want to portray out of our gym. Humility is very important. Okay. So uh, be humble. I don't care if you're one of the best fighters in the world. You know what? You be humble and, and uh, pass along and help everybody else. You know what? Uh, some of our highest fighters, you know, best fighters that um, have been with me for years, they still help teach. They still sweep the gym and, and mop the floors. That's how it works. Nobody's better than anybody in that gym. That includes me uh, to my new students. We're, you know, we're a family and, and, and that's the, the point we're trying to drive through for sure. Mm. Yes. And um, the final question that uh, we have is like, <clears throat> when you're cornering someone, like what is the number one thing you try to get across to like, say, say you're like, cornering someone and you're like trying to tell them to do something or like, what's like the number one thing you try to like do if you're cornering someone? Uh, you know what? I always say it first and foremost, enjoy the moment, relax. Okay. Uh, you know, believe in the process, uh, a fight when you're fighting, whether it's a tournament where you're on a fight card or it doesn't matter, but the fight is the reward. It's the training and all the hard, hard preparation. That's what makes it, uh, you know, the journey is so enjoyable. It's all those hours you put in and, and believe in yourself. Um, that's the number one thing I, I try to instill in all our, all our fighters is believe in yourself, believe in the process and good things will happen. Um, if there's any self doubt, I'll pull a person from a fight. I will not let them compete because that's when, when you start to doubt yourself slightly, then you've already lost before mentally, before you even walk in the ring. So a lot of it's instilling the belief, the process and absolutely enjoy the moment because there's not many of those moments, right?
that was the last question, but there still is kind of one more that I'm kind of wondering is um, you think when it comes to like a, like a trainer or someone that's like wants to compete, do you think mentality is always more important than uh, physical strength? No, it's a def- yes and no. And it's very cliche because in sports they say, you know, um, that, you, I mean, the mental side of thing, of course. Right. But it, there's a balance you need to have self-belief. Uh, that's why some of these, these fighters with less skill set and physical attributions succeed because they believe in themselves. It's crazy what the human body can do when you believe in it. And so it is a very important aspect. I mean, for fighting, yeah, you know what, you, you have to be able to endure the heavy rounds and, you know, um, especially for mixed martial arts. I mean, you're wrestling, you're kickboxing, you're everything, right? So it's, uh, it's very daunting and, and it's tough on, a, on the human body. So your mind is, you know, when your arms are burning, your legs are whatever, you're exhausted. Uh, it's your mind that pushes you through mind and your heart. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. All right. Those were all the questions we had today. So we thank you. Yes. Thank you for uh, getting on our podcast. Yeah, you bet you guys. Thanks.